0: Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and we have Darian returning from last week, our special guest host, who will be chatting with me all about the latest Bad Batch episode, Infested. This is episode number 13, and the Bad Batch helps Sid heist a bunch of spice from her place of business when it gets taken from her by a guy named Roland, who is in cahoots with the Pike Syndicate. So, lots of stuff to talk about in correlation with Solo, the Pike Syndicate itself, as well as speculation on the live-action shows, what it has to do with characters in Solo, this and that. Let's get into it with Darien. Another happy landing. Welcome back, sir. I have one question for you. What were your thoughts on this most recent episode of Star Wars The Bad Batch?
1: Um, To be completely honest, it was a little bit of a letdown. Um, I think it was a good episode, but maybe in the timeline of The Bad Batch, it feels weird uh, to leave on such a high of the last few episodes to then get a storyline that feels not quite relevant. But that being said, we got did get some character development within at least Omega. And it was enjoyable to watch. It just I guess wasn't what I was looking for. What about you? I I liked the the
0: fact that it was kind of heisty. Uh, the bugs were interesting. It was a bit of a bit of a tense 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 moments here and there, which was which I thought was cool. Um you know, we got a few new intri- into, uh, a few new characters introduced, which was uh, which which is always nice. And uh, you know, I, I I'm a big sucker for a good heist movie or a good heist episode of some kind. So you know, seeing seeing them trying to steal something, you know, from their their own place of business was was pretty cool. Uh, I like that a lot.
1: Like, do you think anything we learned in this episode is going to be relevant? To the next i guess three episodes
0: yeah so i don't don't know that's 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 a really big question i guess because with so little episodes left in the first season like you know if they're pulling stops like this uh maybe but at the same time like we completely moved away from the whole uh the whole uh, crosshair storyline that was set up in the last one where he was going to try and hunt them down and everything and i was really looking forward to that and then and then we got this episode and i'm like okay this is just kind of a a breathing moment for i guess maybe they're trying to savor that finale for the finale or something uh which would you know be a i guess we gotta wait like what is it we got how many episodes left is it uh is it th- i think three it's more? three but I could be yeah. wrong. yeah yeah three three more so the next one's this friday it's called war Mantle, but yeah i mean that's like three more that's like almost a month right (laughs) so like waiting a month i'm gonna get antsy like just seeing what happens but uh, yeah i don't know it was it was okay i mean like the character that we met which was the davronian guy he was interesting um what's his name again trying to trying to remember uh trying to remember what it was but uh he Roland, uh, Roland, Roland, Roland yeah. Durand. Yeah. Roland Durand. Yeah. Roland, such a non-Star Wars name right there. Like <laughs> you just don't expect this alien guy to be named Roland, you know, like a criminal Davronian crime boss guy. It's like, what's his name? roland <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> yeah the next guy we're gonna meet his name his name's gonna be like napoleon or something yeah. like that you know like that's <laughs> come funny. on uh i feel like he was named after somebody on the staff or the crew or something like that true yeah but, uh yeah it, um i don't know what how did you how did you like the uh the uh the heist part of it because i mean that that to me was like the only enjoyable right Part of the whole episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, me too. I've always been a, a fan of heist-related movies. I think we even saw a little bit of heist in Solo. Um, just kind of cool to be brought, to back, brought back to that within Star Wars. It was definitely like, like I said, it was an enjoyable episode. But I think at least me as a viewer was so focused on seeing something else that like, if this episode was maybe two or three episodes into the whole season, I think you'd get a lot better feedback uh, yeah. from the viewers and the fans um, but yes yeah I do think that the, the heist aspect was very cool and the characters were cool uh, the pikes uh, were interesting I'd like to hear what you think about the pikes and maybe where else we've seen those in Star Wars because I believe this is not the first time
0: right um, yeah so so the pikes that that kind of leads into them like I think the bigger thing I want to bring up here which is my theory as far as as far as what might be going on here. The Pikes have showed up numerous amount of times in in various forms of Star Wars media. The most notable ones being Clone Wars, and now Bad Batch, uh, and uh, various comics and and books and stuff like that. But uh, the Pike Crime Syndicate's always been one of those big name crime syndicates, like in the Star Wars galaxy, and they had very intimate relations with uh, with. Darth Maul and the Shadow Collective in, in the uh, the earlier Clone Wars uh, seasons when when Darth Maul is trying to take his revenge and he makes the the Shadow Collective tries to take Mandalore and uh, succeeds, but then the the crime syndicate kind of falls apart like and uh, the Pikes more or less kind of go their own way and we know that they've also been involved with the assassination of Sifo which is also a pretty big big topic. So they've they've been a big big name thing um one of the more curious things about about the pikes being involved now is it just kind of like sparked my uh my interest in what's happening with uh, the, uh crimson dawn which is most notably uh the antagonist crime syndicate in solo a star mm-hmm. wars story which is what you were just brought up yeah with the comparison of solo and when when it comes to uh, the Crimson Dawn, I think it's very much like a sequelized, uh, a follow-up crime syndicate, which kind of came from the ashes of uh, the Shadow Collective, which is what Maul tried to bring all these crime syndicates together. And uh, it kind of is a remnant of that relationship. And Crimson Dawn and Solo is very much at its peak, and they're clearly at a height you know darth maul sitting on a throne wearing a gold chain around his neck and everything like that he's clearly finally got it made at this point in the clone wars season seven finale we saw the pikes were involved with maul at that time before he was captured and before the whole mandalore thing they even showed up in i think the hologram along with dryden voss and Vos in, in like a cameo appearance in the last one of the last episodes like in the in the opening sequence right so seeing the pikes here in this show, I'm like, I'm starting to think like, what's the likelihood that we're actually going to be getting some characters and some some story threads to kind of weave into Solo, which is only like four years worth of events away from the, the point of this right. series, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the likelihood of that?
1: I don't know. And who, who do you wish to see? if? That well, is I think the that may be, like you said, that may be the reason that we even had this episode in the first place is it setting it up. I think Solo for me um, when I first watched it, it was, I almost had to watch solo a couple times, to be honest, to like fully understand it and get all the, the juice out of it, we'll say. Yeah. Um, cause it was packed with so many things we haven't seen before, uh, within star Wars, or at least I hadn't, I've always been someone that's watched the main films, I guess, and read some other stuff. I didn't read all the comics and all the books. So I didn't had the full picture. So maybe that's right. why solo is a little more confusing for me. Um, but I hope so. I hope we get to see more backstory on Crimson Dawn and other aspects of Solo as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Solo is one of those interesting ones where they they just kind of dove in there and did what they did. And there really wasn't a whole lot of tie-in stuff. Like, uh, I mean, it wasn't supposed to feed off of this, the prequels directly, but we knew that it took place kind of five years after and it didn't necessarily need to feed into any movie because it was so far from the events of Rogue One and A New Hope right so it was very much like that what Lucasfilm kind of targeted at being which was uh, an anthology film right yeah. which fits into the saga but kind of just exists on its own in a way mm-hmm. the one thing i very much appreciated out of that movie and you know i usually bring this up but i i was just blown away at the end when when rape, when uh, when they had Darth Maul, like sitting there, you know, Bray Park doing the uh, the onset and then Sam Whitward doing the voiceovers and everything like that. Yeah. And I, I thought that was just amazing, like fantastic. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and to think that they finally took that big step in kind of embracing the canonicity of the animated shows and tying that into the the live action films. Right. And uh, and I was like, this is what Star Wars needs. Like, this is what it really needs to kind of bring that story together and weld those seams. Because it's very obvious at times that the animated shows, uh, e- as much as they are Star Wars and within the canon, um, a lot of people look at them as if they're a separate entity, right? Like, yeah. not not part of the the story, uh, you know? For sure. But there's so much in these shows, right? And and a lot of it starts with these these episodes that set up certain characters for later or whatever and uh you know you never know right and and uh and so you know it could be uh down the line you know like maybe uh maybe this Roland character might be uh, a very very crucial person in the in the story and uh might have a lot more to do later so i guess we'll we'll have to find out
1: yeah, it's, it's funny you bring up that whole Darth Maul scene because the first time I watched Solo, I actually didn't watch it in theaters. I forget why, um, but I was quite sick, like really sick watching Solo. And I think I even like fell asleep, not because it was boring, but just because I was sick. So I didn't yeah. see the Darth Maul scene. And then <laughs> later, people were like, "Did you like, like wasn't it wasn't cool seeing Darth Maul. I'm like, he was in the movie. So I had to like rewatch it. and I'm like, okay, wow, this is cool. And seeing <laughs> Darth Maul actually made me want to watch Clone Wars because Mm. I kind of thought Darth Maul was like gone. Like, oh, that's probably all we'll see of Darth Maul within Star Wars. But then seeing him in Solo is like, wait, like we see him in other things. And then I looked more into it. Like, okay, he's in Clone Wars. And that made me want to watch Clone Wars. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. So in a way
0: it's almost like, so would you say ultimately appearances like that in live action movies bring fans in to watch these Animated shows, or would you say more so it turns fans away
1: from stuff? Overall? No, I think hundred percent, and it makes it all feel connected. Yeah. Right? Like us seeing Darth Maul in Clone Wars um yeah. is cool because basically in episode one of Star Wars, we only get a taste of Darth Maul. We see he's an awesome fighter. yeah, Obviously very talented, but that's about it. So the Clone Wars gives it a full full picture. And we get way like way more depth than Darth Maul and who he is. And I listened to that episode that you created that what happened that was helpful too. Um, but Darth oh, Maul is just such a no. complex character that like we see like a full arc almost. And if you just watched episode one and even solo, like you wouldn't even get the full picture. So, right. yeah, right. I was definitely happy that solo had that scene to make me want to watch clone wars. Cause like you mentioned before, uh, growing up, I thought Clone Wars is more of a show for kids, and same with st- stuff like Rebels and stuff, where actually it's very relevant and almost necessary to watch it if you're a, if you're a Star Wars fan. That's the way I see it. So yeah, yeah,
0: no, that's well said. Yeah, perfectly. I mean, it, I've 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 usually re- recommended Clone Wars to to anyone of you know all ages, and and you know Rebels is great, and and you know so far this show is turning up to be. Uh, fantastic as well but but i mean clone wars is just it's so crucial like to just all the movies right and uh you know before we got the rise of skywalker there was uh this script from colin Trevorrow, which i think we brought it up last time yeah and in this script it would have it would have referenced a lot of stuff that that happened in clone wars like with the mortis arc and and uh this very contrasted very literal fight between light and darkness and everything like that. And this final battle would have taken place on this planet. And and I think to myself, like, man, like anyone who saw that movie, or if it existed, uh, would have been, you know, going right home and watching that, that Clone Wars arc, right? Exactly. Similar to how you look up, you know, what happened with Darth Maul, like after you see Solo and it's like, what am I missing here? There's a missing chapter in these movies, and and that the answer is in the animated shows. And, yeah, um, it's it's almost like uh, you know, and Mandalorian as well. Now you know, paying respects to Luke Skywalker, and you know, I've. I don't know if you've seen these headlines lately, but Lucasfilm recently hired the uh, the YouTuber who did the the artistry of deep faking Mark Hamill's face onto the CG Luke face that they had in that last episode. Right. So there's a lot of people thinking like, oh, we're going to see Luke Skywalker again. Right. And uh, I mean, they kind of set it up that way anyways, but, you know, it's like, OK, I mean, we're getting Luke Skywalker in this live action show right it's like even though it's not a staple movie it's luke skywalker right like i mean there, there's that's a chapter alone right there in the story of of the skywalker family that uh is almost not meant to be
1: understated kind of thing uh so do you, yeah, you think I mean, uh not to go too off um, path here but the mandalorian obviously like I'm sure they make it as they go, somewhat at least season by season. So, do you yeah. think with the positive reaction of Luke Skywalker, that's when they maybe decided, "Hey, we should bring him back," or do you think it was always a plan to have Luke in the Mandalorian series? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't know. I think I think the uh, the expense of
0: having a character like that is very big in in a show of a, a high budget the way it is, but it's possible that they because in the story it doesn't feel weird as if we would see him again right like they definitely set it up to make it seem like we would um however it also wouldn't be surprising if maybe we didn't just just based on i don't know true the fact that we just might not right and uh they they only write the third they only wrote the third season i guess after you know, they finished the second one, and right, and uh, there was quite a long time of pre-production and 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 all that. So, yeah, I mean, I would imagine that they had it in mind, um, and uh, of course, I'm sure they know that fans would love to see him again. I, I think they're probably looking forward to what the reaction would be, uh, because I'm yeah. sure that was a very tough secret to keep when they were working on that show, and mm-hmm. you know, Luke Skywalker being back and everything. Uh, but yeah, I mean. It's the thing about any of these shows, like live action, animated, whatever, um, they're just so great to even even just once just to see it all the way through, because, you, you know, it's like there's some little stories here and there that just have such a big impact on what comes next. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, at least the story of of going from Luke Skywalker, Return of the Jedi to Luke Skywalker, The Force Awakens there's a chapter that's missing there clearly, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we, you know, we get the flashbacks, we get the, the tales from Kylo Ren and this and that. And it's like, okay, they're recounting the journey, but like, as a viewer, we haven't seen that journey happen. We don't, we don't make that mental connection between the Luke Skywalker that we know and love and Luke Skywalker that we all hate. Right. And like, I think there is an important kind of uh, lesson there to be, accounted for 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 these creatives that are making these stories uh that telling the complete story arc is at the end of the day very important and you know these shows can be a a true testament to the 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 story segue that they can they can use these as like a a vessel to give us those stories right right mandalorian is a perfect example you know never expected that character to show up and yet it was awesome like mm-hmm. you know,
1: the best I've ever I didn't is everything I wanted and didn't know I wanted it <laughs> yeah <I> mean, <laughs> right true yeah there's like nothing negative so, about that scene or bringing in Luke Skywalker yeah but exactly. you're right how they could they could end it just like I think Ahsoka too like we could not see her again in the Mandalorian and be satisfied I guess like they didn't right they didn't they didn't leave us hanging on for more like hopefully we see her again because like she's a great character but yeah. if we don't, it's not the end of the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed that. And I just still remember that scene when you see the, his X-Wing or whatever, like flying past the window. You're like, who is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I know who it is.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Ahsoka though, I mean, we, um, uh, we are getting a live action Ahsoka show uh, at some point, you know, in a, in a year or so from now. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, we, we Clone Wars Season 7 very much was... Well, Clone Wars in general is very much her show. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the story of her being apprenticed to the Chosen One and learning a, under the best of, you know, the Jedi before everything kind of hits the fan. And, uh, w- you know, we've seen her journey through through Rebels as well and, and uh, made the connection from that to Mandalorian. And now she'll be getting her own show that follows her appearance in that show. And it's going to be a mini, I think it's going to be a one season show. But what I'm curious about, because uh, this is this is just something that's that's been floating around that um, I'd like to kind of throw out there as far as a question for you. Um, there's rumors that Beres Offy could be returning in live action for the Ahsoka show based on casting rumors, based on just rumors in general take it with a grain of salt but it sparked my interest when i read it and i was like huh she's not confirmed to be dead uh at the same time we have no stories of her between clone wars and anything else um you know she's she's definitely a possible character that could return in some way or form they would have to come up with a pretty good explanation for what that reason would be but uh you know like I'm just curious like what you what your thoughts are like do you think we're gonna get some flashbacks or something and you know like could we see this character return in bad batch that might set things up for that show and I don't know just like what are your thoughts on that one
1: um yeah I have no idea i mean we could see her i was I, i've been more looking forward to um Thrawn, right? Because when last time yeah. we saw her in Mandalorian, she was looking for Thrawn, wasn't it? Ahsoka, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's what I guess I would ask you is, do you think we'll see Thrawn? Um, I haven't, yeah, Barriss Offee. I haven't seen any of these headlines or any of the the rumors. Yeah, you remember her character, right? That yes. was, she
0: was the Jedi. She was Ahsoka's friend who kind of framed her for the bombing at the Jedi Temple. Yes. And yeah, so is that whole that whole story, and she just disappears after that. So it's very likely she could have just been executed, and that was that. Yeah, um, I remember her. Yeah, and at the same time, we've not seen her in any kind of canon story True. since. Uh, and as far as to my knowledge, if anyone has uh, has read more, something more recent that does hint at her uh, existence still being alive and all that at the time of the original trilogy, then you know, send us a tweet at swsk podcast but is she
1: also in one of the in season two of clone wars in one of the the arcs where it's anakin and i believe barris Offee um or ofi and then it's um ahsoka and her padawan and they get stuck is that her yeah so it's uh
0: yeah it's Luminara and uh, and anakin which are the masters and then the apprentices get stuck in the uh in the when they blow up the droid factory, yes. which is Ahsoka and Barriss. Yeah. So okay. that's when they yes. first like meet. That's when they kind of make friends. Right. And, uh, and then, yeah. And then down the road, they, they have, they have another interaction with the, uh, the Geonosian zombie egg worms. Yeah. It was like that, uh, the brain invaders episode. And then, uh, I think that was the last, or maybe one of the last two episodes that she was in before the finale that, that, uh, in my head, I'm still thinking of it as the finale, but right. it was the end the end of season five when when Ahsoka gets framed. Um and uh that was that was right before the show got canceled, before uh season six went you know, like dumped it on Netflix for the remaining twelve that they did or whatever it was. Right. But uh but yeah, like Barris really uh, uh you know, I kinda wished that she had a little more screen time because that was such a harsh transition and it didn't feel unnatural or anything but um it was a shocker and i i absolutely loved that story arc and uh, i would be so down to see this character again and even if it is in a flashback we know that the live action shows have not been uh too stranger to flashbacks you know like like yeah. we've seen din jarin's origins of being taken by the death watch and we've seen the that in the Clone Wars, you know, with the the super battle droids walking around and blowing up stuff and killing his parents and everything. So it wouldn't surprise me if we saw maybe some sort of Ahsoka's memories coming back. And, you know, they got we know they got Hayden on set for the Kenobi show. Maybe he's going to do some crossover film work with the Ahsoka show and do some like live action work there. Like that would be amazing. Um, have you seen the movie Shattered Glass? no. So Hayden Christensen and Rosario Dawson have worked together before on that movie years ago, and I watched it just because of that. And uh, <laughs> he's a very undesirable character in the movie. He plays this uh, journalist who uh, who just lies about all his stories, and and he gets caught. It's based on a true story, and um, and Rosario Dawson's character is plays uh, she's she plays somebody in the the company that he works at, the journalist newspaper company that he works for and uh, she's one of the the people on that staff and one of the people that starts to kind of clue in i guess to what's going on but uh, yeah it was it was cool to see them kind of work together and then now it's like they're playing master and apprentice kind of things like i don't know they would be such a such a cool thing to see them on screen together as the characters
1: what's the timeline where is this show being fit into the star
0: wars timeline again Ahsoka, uh, I, th- I believe Ahsoka is going to take place after Mandalorian season two, so okay. it pretty pretty much follows her one episode that she shows up for, right. and so we, continues yeah. that story. Seeing yeah.
1: Thrawn, then maybe in a later episode, might, might yeah. Likely. I
0: would I would imagine that comes at the very end, yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's tough to say whether or not it'll overlap with Mando season three, or if it'll if it'll maybe exist afterwards or something like that. But they have come out and said that Book of Boba Fett will be Mandalorian Season 2.5. That's basically what it's being set up for.
1: If I had to guess, I would guess the Ahsoka show would go alongside it as well, just because of what Kathleen Kennedy teased of like all these shows coming together, yeah, like an Avengers kind of thing. So it would kind of have to be around the same time, or at least near it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. um, Yeah, yeah, maybe even Thrawn would be like... I don't know, the Ultron of, like, the Star Wars universe. Like, yeah. all these characters come together or something. And right. who knows what that'll look like. Like, will it be a theatrical release or? Uh, yeah, that's
0: that's kind yeah. of what I'm wondering. Because they, they have released information that there's going to be two live-action Star Wars films going forward. Uh, Rogue Squadron is going to be directed by Patty Jenkins, who uh, is last known for doing Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984. So right, yeah. uh, a desirable director right now to have I guess and they 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 want her to do uh this film about Rogue Squadron which it takes the name from the games and the books the books and, and and all that. And I don't know when that takes place. It's possible it could be in this rough era or maybe even during the original trilogy kind of time. Uh, but uh anyone who's into X-wing pilots and you know starship battles and everything like this movie is pretty much being designed for those kind of fans. And that could be really uh, cool. Yeah. And and her her father, I believe, she revealed was was in the um uh you know, the 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 army for flying planes. I forget the name of that division. The Air Force? Uh, yes, the Air Force, thank you. <laughs> Mind blank. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, so so I guess she has a personal connection to doing this this kind of style of a movie uh, which is really cool so i've been looking forward to that the other one is by taika watiti and a very very hot director right now yeah busy busy guy and so i they they haven't really talked about anything as to what he's doing but i can imagine it being something with a bit of a quirkiness to it so of course i I don't imagine it to be the most serious movie of all things because Taiko atiti, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll at some point get information. I mean, we know celebration takes place next year. That's the next one is in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible that at Anaheim they'll not only release uh, information about the movie or the show that will culminate these things together. Uh, I would imagine that it would be next year because that will be after book of boba fett is all released which comes out this fall so um lots of look forward to there for yeah sure. all right so i don't know if you knew this but uh kira from solo has more recently made a return in the star wars war of the bounty hunters comic book lineup they haven't necessarily completely abandoned this the solo storyline right but You know, to kind of loop Bad Batch back into this, like it would not surprise me if they started to set things up in the Bad Batch for maybe characters in that in that movie. And uh, now they're continuing that story in the form of other types of multimedia. So, uh, right. Yeah. Luke's film, you never know. It's like true. Sky's the limit kind of thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? Right. Like all these all these filler episodes we think are a little boring, like. There's probably a bigger meaning in like why they're why they're placed where they are and why they why we're getting these characters. So I think you're totally right. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think yeah. The only thing, like I said before, like the only solid thing that I got from this episode was Omega's character development and how even with this guy that um, Roland, Roland, yeah. right? She she even had so much compassion for him, even though even with what he did to them. So, yeah, yeah, she did. I yeah. just like that, just shows like who she is, like as a person. And even like when they didn't know where Sid was at the beginning, the bad batch is ready to piece. And she's like, No, like we have to find Sid, even yeah. though Sid's really only made them do stuff for money. Like they haven't, she hasn't really been super nice to them, I guess, other than her and Omega when they played like the chess game and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Do you think Sid could be a part of the main crew going forward, like uh, as part of the part of the I ship, part of the crew? She could be uh, something like that. I think would maybe depend on the audience's or the viewer's reaction. Um, like if if she's being liked as a character, maybe they'd continue with her. Which I don't mind. I don't mind her as a character. Like she's not my favorite, but. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, she's got this biker chick kind of tough grandma feel about her. So she adds something interesting to the cast of this show. And it's very plausible, I yeah. think, that she could add in this unique flavor that this this crew might need in season two, right? So she she could become more of a more of a permanent addition and actually like fly around them and everything. And, uh, you know, like Jedi fallen order has, uh, has their pilot of their ship and everything. And he's like this little toad guy, uh, like an alien species. So it could be, and you know, Han Solo's got Chewbacca and you know, like all these, all these like crews tend to have an alien cast member. The rebels crew had Zeb it's, it's, it's just a fundamental thing. It seems. And the other thing is, they've been doing so much to build her relationship with Omega as well. That you know, she really is kind of part of Omega's makeshift family, who she really just has no family. And that's one thing that has stuck out to me as well. And and you know, time and time again, Omega has just been uh, kind of growing as a person and really starting to, for someone who's never really been out in the universe and been out in the galaxy and stuff. She's really grasping that mentality of helping people, right? And being that very obvious protagonist
1: of the story. Yeah. And just who knows if Omega's, I don't know, compassion will be relevant to these next couple episodes. Uh, Do you think, is there any reason that maybe the fact that there's like Bad Batch being geared towards a younger audience than let's say the normal movies. That's why they didn't just kill Roland, for example. Like, do you think there's a reason they spared Roland and will we see him again? Do you think? Uh, yeah. So
0: like the Pike leader responds, they do not accept bad deals. Right. So like they choose not to kill him and cut off his horn instead. Um, so like, I, I don't know. I think like if, if they were to cross paths with the Pikes again and, and, uh, you know Roland is involved. He he he's probably a dead man. So like I I imagine they don't want to do business with Roland anymore. So right. Uh, this this also kind of makes me wonder whether or not we even will see the Pikes again. But uh, it's uh. Is definitely it's, it's definitely one of those episodes that I hope they're trying to set something up because otherwise it's just this weird one shot that was like, OK, well, that just happened and, you know, doesn't really go anywhere. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I hope this becomes a bit of an arc. And, uh, you know, if if anything big is to happen in the remaining episodes of the show, uh, the next one is called War Mantle. I have absolutely no idea what that's supposed to refer to. And we don't know what the last two episodes are called. Um, But, uh, you know, with only three episodes left, I'm extremely curious as to like why they wanted to set this character up when they did, you know, Roland. Yeah. Um, When they did uh, an episode like this in Rebels, uh, he was uh, a shady weapons dealer. Uh, By the name of, uh, my goodness, I'm blanking on his name too. Uh, And uh, I believe he was also a Devronian character. And uh, he pops up once and then he just kind of, he's just kind of their go-to guy for like sketchy jobs and stuff. (laughs) And it just didn't really, I don't know, to me it just didn't feel like it ever went anywhere important. It was just kind of like a hook for them to go back to for these various things. Right. And, uh, you know, so maybe Roland is going to be a guy like that. And it's just this entire episode is just going to be a, a bit of a setup for those episodes later kind of thing. I don't know, right. I'm trying to make the show interesting, I guess. But. Yeah. Maybe
1: we'll see him in season
0: two or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, definitely the show is at its weakest points uh, when, uh, when it does one shots like they they benefit so much greater from doing story arcs you know mm-hmm. uh the last arc is evidence enough that you know seeing two episodes about ryloth fantastic he was
1: awesome right yeah so yeah who knows if even the the final two episodes would be like a two-parter or even an right. arc in itself i would hope yeah. so uh so we end on a good note and like we get lots of as we talked about last or uh, last week when there's an arc two episode arc even there's just so much more depth and we can just get a lot more answers so hopefully that'll be the case moving forward and hopefully like the next three episodes we will be seeing crosshair and that will get resolved rather than being pushed to next season yeah i
0: certainly hope so yeah and and if it does get like here's the thing like this this show has run so far in in into just setting up stuff and not resolving a whole lot of things i'm convinced season two is going to be a, a thing like this is just this is just the next animated series that luke's film is just going to be working on for a while right yeah uh, I'm, I'm kind of sold on that at this point i don't think we're going to get a different show later about other characters in a different time and stuff like that um, i can
1: imagine the show going for at least three seasons like you know solidly interesting yeah well, it, Disney Plus as a whole has been so successful that yeah. the money they have to spend – and it's, like, I would think an animated show like The Bad Batch is a lot cheaper to produce than something like The Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I would definitely. think so. So that being yeah. – s- and like they've already invested the money into creating this season, which has been great. So why not spend a little bit more and continue it rather than, like you said, just let's looking into some more characters. So, yeah, yeah I, I hope you're right. I've, I've enjoyed it and I want to see more. Mm-hmm. If there was an animated show that didn't take
0: place in this time period, uh, that what where would you pinpoint it to be and what would it be about? Uh, that's a good
1: question. Maybe like before episode one um, or maybe uh, even <laughs> – Yeah. But before episode one would be cool or even, I don't know, where, where do you think you'd like to see, like where, where, where's an area that we haven't seen? I've heard you talk about on the show, like the high Republic and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, uh, we're actually getting a live action show called the acolyte,
0: which takes place about 50 years before uh, before Phantom Menace. I think it's about 50 years before Phantom Menace. Yeah. And uh, it's it's technically at the very tail end of the, what they consider the High Republic era. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what that time period looks like. But uh, additionally to that, whether or not we'll have any shows that follow the events of that show and even more so like whether or not they'll be based like other forms of media based around that show. That kind of ties into it, other than higher public stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, like I guess so. it would be nice uh, for me personally. Like I really liked Qui Gon, and I feel like yeah. I'd sad we only got to see him for one episode. Yeah, like it would be cool to see like more of his origins. Yeah, um, like an or maybe awesome even story for the, yeah. like the beginning. Like we haven't really seen Sifo Dyas. I think he was in like a flashback in Clone Wars or something. Um,
0: uh, he was just talked about. Yeah, we never we never saw him as a as a uh, well. He was portrayed as like a ghost by the Sith uh, on Malachor. He was portrayed like uh, by by Palpatine as right. a lie to to Yoda when he's like deceiving him and stuff. Uh, and uh, we have had an audiobook drama called Duku Jedi Lost which gets into an origin story for sifo in in that. Uh, sorry, um, yeah, Duke of Jedi Lost, yeah. Uh, it gets into the origin story for him in, in that story, which is pretty cool. And uh, as a young Jedi, he kind of suffers from insane visions of the future. And it's like a curse kind of thing, like it plagues him. So um, his obsession to to do something about this nightmare that he has about saving the Jedi from, from intimate destruction and everything is is kind of uh, this lingering thought in his head that he can't escape uh, which kind of leads him to go down that path of creating an army behind the jedi's back because they don't believe him they think he's nuts right. and uh and then dooku using that as a as leverage to then kill him and no one knows anything about it anyways right uh it's all palpatine's plan you know so all three of them are in cahoots with each other for a little bit but I don't think Saifitius knows that Duku is a Sith, but right. Um, so
1: don't you think that would be cool to see an animated form? It and would be even, super cool. Yeah, even like seeing Duku before he was.
0: Yeah, I like know, getting getting Jedi, something, something getting yeah. something in there. Yeah, anything like that would be awesome. Uh, for me, I would I would I would actually really love to see an animated show that predates the sequels, like midway through, kind of between the two trilogies. Tries to really get into the nitty gritty of like, here's how Palpatine actually survived and like all that stuff, right? Like the comics are kind of doing their best and the live action shows are also we're we're getting we're heading in that direction. I think, you know, I don't know what the heck was in those test tubes, but I imagine them to be Snokes. Um, Yeah, And, you know, they've been hinting at that. So, you know, there's, there's a little bit of development there, but like, that's a great spot to put in in an animated show about maybe Luke getting the Jedi started again. You know, the, the, the Jedi order started again. Um, It'd be an awesome opportunity to have him. Mark Hamill could voice himself. Like he's no stranger to voice work. Right, Uh, You know, he did the Joker for many years on Batman and, you know, he's a very talented voice guy. So like, I'm pretty sure he'd be down. Uh, And, uh, you know, Hayden Christensen and still kicking around in Star Wars as well as Matt Lanter doing voice of Anakin Skywalker on Clone Wars. So Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we could have a that father-son interaction that we never had, uh, that the sequels completely missed opportunity. <laughs> uh, I was so hoping to see that when Episode 7 was announced and we just never got it. And right. uh, it's something to this day that I've always wanted to see is, is some dialogue between Force Ghost Anakin and luke skywalker learning how to be a jedi right that's just something i've always wanted to see It's the, yeah. the father-son thing that they never had and it was just too late and then he died right and it's to me it just feels like an incomplete kind of unresolved thing that just needs to happen and it, it, whether it takes place in animation or not like there's not even a book that really talks about that stuff so it, it would be great to to have that in some sort of form for sure um but yeah That's that's pretty much all I got. Is is there anything last minute you want to kind of bring up? No,
1: no, I think. Yeah, I'm just really looking forward to seeing where this goes. Um, I think it's a great show, so I hope they I hope they continue it and don't leave us hanging. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, no, thanks, man. Thanks for coming back. And uh, we're definitely going to have you back at some point in the future.
1: Cool. Sounds good. Sweet.
0: Uh, thank you so much for Darian for coming back the last two weeks and uh, co-hosting. We'll be we'll be getting Darian back on again at some point in the future, hopefully with a bigger party, and uh, you know perhaps Blake can join us for that one as well. Uh, he's been away the last two weeks; it's just been busy times for everybody. And uh, you know it's uh, it's always great to uh, to keep doing this show, regardless. It's a, it's a hobby of ours. But honestly, we love to see people tuning into the show. So best way to help us out is to send the show to a fellow Star Wars fan, a friend, and by dropping a five star review. If you couldn't leave us five star review, I would love to know. And uh, you can send your comments and feedback into the uh, email and Twitter and, and Instagram listed in the description box below. There's also a link to our voicemail. So please, if you leave a voicemail, uh, we might even play it on the show and actually uh, have uh, a few things uh, to respond to personally so if you have any uh, thoughts question of the week if you have any thoughts on this late, latest Star Wars The Bad Batch episode you know, send it in we would love to hear your voice on the show we got lots of stuff coming up on the podcast including What Happened uh, sub-series we'll be making a return as soon as Bad Batch is over as well as reviews for The Higher Public the the books that have dropped in from wave two as well as uh of course star wars visions being around the corner we're going to be chatting all about that we've got plans for later this year with the book of boba fett there's always so much star wars stuff to talk about it's uh it's it's worth running a podcast for so (laughs) lots of stuff to lots of stuff to look forward to for you guys may the force be with you all and we'll see you next time on star wars escape
1: pod